Hey y'all, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor at Emmanuel and Hookset. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Our goal is to be a blessing to everyone who listens as you continue on your journey of faith. It's also our hope that you'll be encouraged to find a church to belong to so you can plug into that congregation and bless others with the gifts and experiences that God has entrusted you with. Well, I hope this podcast is a blessing to you and encourages you to get out there and be the blessing. God bless. Listen, to be led by the Spirit brings freedom. So first of all, He dwells in you, and then as you're filled with Him, you can be led by Him. He says, so then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. I love that so much. How many of you have read that passage before, read that verse, and just kept on going by because it's kind of weird? We're not obligated to the flesh. You don't owe your flesh anything. Somebody's hurt you, you don't owe your flesh revenge. You don't. You don't have to follow the flesh down into the darkness of bitterness. You don't owe that to your flesh. You are not under the obligation to live in the flesh any longer. You don't owe the flesh anything. You're not obligated to the experiences of the flesh. Well, this is what I've done in the past. This is what I've done yesterday. This is what was done to me. And we hold on to those things that have been done to us in the flesh. And we let ourselves be led by the flesh. And we can know we're led by the flesh because the mind of the flesh is what? Does it bring life or does it bring death? Death to relationships, physical death. If you're a believer, it can't bring you spiritual death, but it can pretty much kill everything else around you. Remember we talked about the the tree of bitterness rising up, a root of bitterness rising up, thereby many be defiled. You can say, yeah, but I deserve to be bitter. I was hurt. I have a right to my anger. Well, be angry and sin not. Emotions aren't sinful. They're only sinful when they're not in the control of the spirit. Who would want to walk in the flesh if you actually knew what the flesh was doing? Well, you can know. It's hostile toward God. It can put on a show. It can be deceptive and manipulative, but it leads you not toward God, but away from Him. I had a woman, she believed in dreams. Now, I have dreams, and I'm not going to poo-poo people that have dreams and things of that nature, and they think God is speaking to them in their dreams. I'm not going to say... I'm just going to say, hey, more power to you. But I'll say this. Is it the flesh, is it the demon, or is it the spirit? How can you tell? How can you tell if it's the spirit leading you or an evil spirit or your flesh? How can you tell? It's a good question, yes? I had a discussion with a kid I was working with. If you were my helper on the road, uh, first of all, you were going to hear the gospel I had a captive audience in the van on the way to the job site. And so I would share the gospel with, I think, every single kid I went on the road with. And then we would have some pretty intense and serious conversations. And this kid claimed to be an American Indian. 
in that there were spirits and he was led by the spirits and into all these kinds of things. And I said, oh, I, I believe being led by the spirit is wonderful, but how do you know which spirit's leading you? I said, do you think that evil spirits are incredibly deceptive? Do you think they're good at it? How many of you think they're good at it? Yeah. How many of you think the devil is bloody brilliant? Have you heard of Hitler? Brilliant. In a maniacal and evil genius kind of way. Actually, I don't know what his IQ was. He just had a power to persuade people. I was reading an account of a Jewish man. He was standing in the crowd. I think he was behind a column. And Hitler called for the siege heil. I'm not going to do that because people are going to snap a picture online. And uh, this Jewish man said, under the influence of that speech, he found himself raising his hand before he caught himself and stopped. You think the devil's powerful? So how do you know which spirit is good and which is bad? That's what I asked my friend. What I was tested by scripture, this is what I was trying to talk to my friend about. We both believe in spirits. We both believe in being led by a spirit. I believe in being led by the Holy Spirit. And the argument hinged on this question. How do you know? Well, the spirit of man, evil spirits are hostile to God. The spirit of God will consistently point you to Jesus. He will never go against the Bible because he wrote the Bible. The Holy Spirit is the author of scriptures using human beings that he prepared in intricate ways from the places that they grew up to the vocabularies that they possessed and the experiences they lived through. The Spirit brought them through all of those things so they could pen the exact words He wanted them to write on the page without error. So we are led by the Spirit and that Spirit leads us to freedom. It leads us to love. But the flesh... It requires those who live to become the slaves of it. Are you a slave to a passion today? Are you a slave to bitterness? Are you a slave to anger? Are you a slave to greed and to lust? You're being led by the wrong spirit. The flesh is the opposite of the spirit. The flesh is full of vengeance. The flesh is full of fear. The flesh is, is a myriad of different fears. But the spirit sets us free from living in fear. Hallelujah. The flesh is full of sinful desires. The flesh is full of envy and it's full of jealousy. But the Spirit brings life and peace. Now, I want to make a comment about peace. Too many people think peace is the absence of confrontation and conflict. You can have confrontation and conflict and at the same time have the spirit of peace resting upon you. It's not the absence of conflict or confrontation. Then we wouldn't be able to confront one another, one another as Matthew 18 says, but there's a way to confront. 
Confrontation must always have as its goal reconciliation. Life, peace, joy. Peter went over the fruits of the Spirit when he was up here preaching. Did you listen? Those fruits, you should have an enormous harvest in your life. Well, according to this, according to the uh, those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. Set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. The mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. If you are in the Spirit, the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. You have the Spirit. Avail yourself of the Spirit. Place yourself in submission to Him. He will not lead you astray. He may lead you into dangerous and scary places, but not alone. Really, Pastor? What do you mean? I thought it was all rainbows and lollipops. The Bible says the Spirit drove Christ into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil 40 days. Sounds dangerous to me. If you, you, well, you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. This is what the scripture says. Instead, you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Dad, The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. You should have confidence in yourself if you have trusted in Christ that you are a child of God. In fact, because of this, we can enter the throne of grace with boldness, with confidence, because we enter on Jesus' merits, not our own, and then we can go to God and ask for mercy because we have sinned. We go to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace, strength, and favor to help in time of need. Pray in the Spirit. We ended with that last week. Pray in the Spirit. What then? Now Romans 8.31. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, now we have the flesh and we have Satan. And we have fallen angels. And we have the world system which has been corrupted by Satan since even Adam fell. We have false religious systems, fig leaf religion, cleaning up our own act. We can save ourselves. We can fix ourselves. All of those things are are vying for our attention. They're trying to drag us down. Evil spirits are trying to influence or, or oppress us. And here, as we come to the end of Romans, where he started out, therefore there is no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for we are in the Spirit. Oh, man, what then are we to say to these things if God is for us? Who is against us? It's not to say that there's no one against us, but that's like me taking my big brother Randy into a fight. Like, I don't have to fight. Randy's there. 
United States Marine, I think he took every single hand-to-hand combat course they had. He loved all the PT, everything that I am the opposite of. I'm a lover, not a fighter. That's why my clip was empty. It's not to say we don't have opposition. It's to say that he who is with us is greater than he who is in the world. But not just greater in the sense of a little bit bigger. We're talking phenomenal cosmic power. God is so enormous. Stop trying to fit him into your little box. And he is with you in your battle against evil spirits, in your battle against the flesh, in your battle against the world influence, in a battle against false religion. He is with you. <laughs> he is within you. Hallelujah. Who can, bring any accus- who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justified. God's already established this pretty clearly. All of his children, without Jesus, are a mess. They all are guilty. Okay, bring an accusation. God's justified us. By what? The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Who is he who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died. But even more has been raised. He's also at the right hand of God and he intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of God? I'm sorry, from the love of Christ. Can affliction, distress, how about persecution? Can that, can that separate us from God's love? We act like it, though, don't we, sometimes? If God loved me, he wouldn't have let this happen to me, persecution. Persecution can come in many different forms. Famine, nakedness, danger, swords. Can they separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord? Can they separate us? My car broke down. I lost my job. I can't make ends meet. Nakedness, famine. It's all there. Every excuse we have to be angry with God, he has said, I still love you, even though you're angry at me, and even though you can't see the big picture that I see. You see, we all only have partial information. We... We struggle with this, don't we? we? We live with our perspective and we forget there's another perspective and that is God's perspective. And that God is so good, what man intended for evil, Joseph said, what man intended for evil, God meant for good. I believe God is so good that in his very presence, evil melts away and becomes good. Get into his presence. As it is written... Because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We're counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Christians, that's, that's what is said. However, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And he who loved us has given, up, given to us of his Holy Spirit. He is in you. 
the hope of glory. He has redeemed you. He has regenerated you. He is renewing you. He is renewing your mind. He's conquering your flesh. But you must believe it. You must believe it. Be filled with the Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit, not the unholy flesh. Now, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, and life can be really hard. Neither one. Anybody ever just said, I just want to die? Ever said that to yourself? That can't separate you from Jesus. That can't separate you from the love of God. Anyone ever just said, life is hard? That can't separate you from the love of God. We act like it does, though. He goes on, nor angels, nor rulers. Now we're getting into some spiritual warfare. Ephesians warns us about these fallen angels. He, he warns us about principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. He warns us about these things. But they can't separate us from God. Even holy angels cannot separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nor things present. Nor things to come. And there's those powers again. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. Is he filling you? And are you being led by him? Check yourself. Am I led with hostility? Am I led with unrestrained anger? Am I led with bitterness, unforgiveness, lust, greed, envy, jealousy? The works of the flesh are evident or am I being led by the Spirit in which is life and peace? Does con uh, not conflict, but does chaos follow you everywhere you go? There's some people that are not happy unless they're not happy. Have you ever met someone like that? Anyone ever met someone like they're not happy unless they're not happy? They're not happy unless there's some kind of massive crisis going on. It's easy to get to that point. It's self-destruction. It's self-defeatist. Uh, I, I, I have a tendency, if I walk in the flesh, to, to be that way. In fact, I was at my pastor's prayer meeting on Friday, and we were talking about our lives, and, and we pray for one another and with each other and over each other. And, and I, was, I was sharing an update on, on what's going on, and, and, uh, and then I met a, uh, one of my former co-coaches at Nate's game yesterday, TJ, and, and we were talking. He's like, so how's it going? I'm like, how is it going? It's going really well. Everybody's healthy. Chloe's married and happy. Nate's doing great. Kirsten's doing great. Both of our cars are running. Wait a second. It's going well. <laughs> Feels like it's been a long time. My dad's doing pretty well. I think you'll see him in service here before long. Try to be careful when you're talking to him. He's still struggling with the uh, it's, uh, communicative aphasia. He understands most everything, but getting everything out is difficult, and he doesn't want to be embarrassed. 
Wow. Praise the Lord. But the, the flesh wants to drag you back down into the past, keep you mired in defeat, keep you mired in sadness and bitterness over your failings, over others' failings, wants you to look in the mirror and see someone you hate. Don't hate God's child. Jesus died for that child. In fact, Jesus loves you and he knew you. Before you were born, he called you. Hallelujah. I've been saying hallelujah a lot. I hope you guys are with me. So, God is with us. Hmm. The name of our church is Emmanuel. I just don't get tired of this phrase. God is with us. How does that make you feel this morning? God is with you. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is with us. When he went and ascended to heaven, he wasn't forsaking his, his children. He sent the comforter. He is still with us. When you come to God for salvation, you're coming to him without strength. You're coming to him without a gift to offer aside from the sacrifice of Jesus. There's a, there's a song that I love, Rock of Ages. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. These for sins could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. The flesh is unable, the scripture says. But what we are unable to do, God is more than capable. So consider this. It's the presence of God who can fill all of the longings of the heart. In fact, it's the presence of God that can change the longings of the heart so that they are in agreement with the longings of your Savior. He points us to Christ constantly. He points us in the right direction. He, He, the Holy Spirit, can direct our thoughts. Oh, fill me, Holy Spirit. Direct my thoughts toward godly things. Direct my thoughts toward the fruits of the Spirit. Holy Spirit, direct my thoughts away from temptation and toward your glory. He can direct your thoughts. But we must let him. It's a strange thing that it appears God has given to us the power to hinder God in our lives. First Peter, God warns husbands that we better love our wives well, we better lead them well, because if we don't, our prayers will be hindered. Ouch. Any husbands been praying for something today? If you're not loving your family well, hindered. In Philippians chapter 2, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus our Lord, who humbled himself and became a man of no reputation. Looks like he was obedient 
his father even to the death. That is the mind of Christ. How many, is, how many of us have that mind of Christ, that humility? Putting others first. There's a thing in vogue today, and it's, 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 it's really, there's self-care and then there's selfish care. And there's a fine line between the two. When we become consumed with ourselves to the exclusion of caring for others, we're not really caring for ourselves. Care for yourselves, enable yourselves to care for others, to do the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. God is with us. He can do it. He's amazing. But we can restrict it. We can restrict that power in our lives. And I wanted to make sure that I highlighted this word for you from Philippians chapter 2. The word is let. Allow. Open yourself up to the Holy Spirit of God to place within you the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you. You can either be led by the Spirit where you willingly submit yourself to Him, or you can be led by the flesh. Who will you let lead you? Being in step with the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. Frees us from the condemnation of the law, but not just that. It frees us to the law of Christ that is written on our hearts. And the law of Christ, they ask them, what are the, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. The law of Christ is love for God and for others. It's written on our hearts. Oh, man. And so to close, we ought to be compelling Christians. Patrick named our drama group the Compellers because the motivation for our drama group is to be compelling and to draw people into the church that maybe ordinarily wouldn't come and to create compelling productions. And if you've seen one of our Christmas productions, you know they're compelling. But there's something more than an event. Be Blessed Sunday, it's compelling. Free food, water slide for the kids, uh, a cornhole tournament, all this wonderful stuff, fellowship, just hanging out, having fun, volleyball, football, that's, com- that's a compelling event, but that's, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not going to change the world. We need compelling Christians. Oh, pastor, what's your mission pro- program for the church? Do you go door knocking? Do you go on visitation? You are the program, church. You can invite as many people as you want. If you're not compelling, you're missing it. How do we become compelling Christians? What makes us different? The Holy Spirit in you, leading you, guiding you, directing your mind, and changing you. That is what makes us compelling. The fruit of the Spirit growing in abundance 
in our lives. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have life abundantly. The flesh is death. The flesh is most modern rap songs. Look at me, I'm so awesome. Hookah, hookah, hookah. Give me a good rap. Give me a good bad rap. No, don't give me a good bad rap. We can't say those words here. It's compelling to have fruit growing and developing in your life. Love and joy. Love and joy. Have you ever met someone that's effervescent? There's some people that just naturally are that way. I hate them. No, I don't. I'm kidding. I love them. They just light up a room. Kirsten's kind of that way. We should have this bubbling joy about us, even when all hell is breaking loose. The fruit of the Spirit growing within us. It may be small at first, but we need to cultivate it. We need to let the Spirit lead us, fill us, so that fruit can be nurtured and be abundant. Peace, patience. Who does that convict here? Some of y'all are like, you're not done preaching yet. Mm, let's go. You need the fruit of patience. Goodness, faithfulness. How about gentleness? How about gentleness? Are you gentle to others? Do you excuse yourself for being hard and harsh? Do you make excuses? You know, when you make excuses, what you're doing is you're obligating yourself to the flesh. You're living under the obligation of the flesh. I heard a man who was very angry all the time, and he said this, well, God made me this way. No, he didn't. He did not. The curse made you that way, but... God is giving you the fruit of peace. If you are a believer, he has given you the fruit of gentleness, kindness. Look at your life and ask yourself that question. Am I compelling to the people living in my home? If you're not compelling to the people living in your home, I wonder if you're compelling to the people living outside of your home. And what I long for Emmanuel to be what I long for her to develop into, and it's, this is going to be a constant process because as people come to Christ, these things will need to be, de 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 be developed within them. And as older Christians repent and let go of the sin and embrace the Spirit, they're going to be growing as well. But this is what I long to see in our church is compelling Christians filled with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, living in the Spirit, in control of the Spirit. Well, if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ to be your one and only personal Savior, I hope that you'll consider Jesus today. I hope that you've heard through this gift of the Holy Spirit what God has given to those who have accepted Christ. I hope that you want that. I hope that when you heard the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before thee, 
I hope when you heard that first commandment that God's Holy Spirit convicted you and you recognize in your life that you have lived offensively before God. But I hope just as much that you heard that God loves you. He wants you to be his child. He is calling you to become part of his family. Would you turn from that to Jesus? Would you turn from that sin to Jesus? Would you come to God and seek forgiveness and a cleansing of your, of your heart? Would you make the offering of Jesus for your sin? Oh, I hope you'll do that today. Hey, all thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more, please go to our website, emmanuelhooksit.com, where you'll find helpful links and resources and where you can contact us directly. That web address again is emmanuelhooksit.com. Bless God, get out there, and be the blessing.